Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's Ian McNaughton here. This is the Ian McNaughton Show. Uh, thank you for joining me today. Uh, today, we're discussing the Autumn Nations Cup rugby tournament that's happening this fall over the in Europe. Uh, I'm currently in Vancouver. It's Friday night here. Uh, we had one game played earlier today in the Autumn Nations Cup as Ireland defeated Wales by a final score of 32 to 9 in Dublin today. Uh, games tomorrow, uh, we'll see Italy play Scotland in Florence. That's at 12.45 UK time. And then England will play Georgia in Twickenham, Twickenham uh, in London. Kickoff for that is at 3 p.m. UK time. Uh, Sunday, France was going to play Fiji. That game has now been canceled due to a COVID outbreak within the Fiji squad. So no France in Fiji this Sunday. Uh, I'm here to give you a little bit of a breakdown and a preview of this tournament. Uh, what to expect with all eight teams participating in this tournament. Uh, that includes England, Georgia, Ireland and Wales. Those four teams make up Group A of the Autumn Nations Cup. In Group B, you'll see Fiji, France, Italy, Scotland. Uh, it's going to be a great tournament. I'm excited. We finally have rugby back. We just had the conclusion of the Six Nations Championship two weeks ago on Halloween. Um, England came out on top in that while France and Ireland both fell a bit short. Uh, let's go over uh, the participating teams. So let's start with England. They host Georgia tomorrow, as I mentioned earlier. They also won the Six Nations Championship. Uh, English, The English squad was in the Rugby World Cup final last year, 2019, which took place in Yokohama, Japan. Uh, you know, their last game, they took on Italy in Rome. They won 34-5. Uh, they haven't lost since... February. Obviously, we haven't had rugby uh, being played for many months before October. So their last loss was February 2nd, actually. Uh, and Eddie Jones, head coach of England, he's excited for what we're going to see here. Uh, he, you know, Georgia, he says, has the best uh, scrum in the world, the toughest scrum. Might use nine forwards, which is going to be really interesting. Typically, you see um, either eight forwards or seven backs or vice versa, depending on how teams match up. He's going to go with nine forwards, it looks like, Saturday against Georgia. Uh, players to watch for on the England side, I'm going to go with Ben Youngs. He's the scrum half. You got two tries versus Italy. He, he's looking really good. He's getting hot. Um, Captain Owen Farrell. Uh, Owen Farrell, he has not scored a try since February 2019. Uh, he's the fly half of the team. He He's kind of the heartbeat of the team to a certain extent. Uh, we'll see if he can get anything going here in the Autumn Nations Cup. Uh, and then Mario, Mario Itoji, uh, a forward. You know, people say there's no real weaknesses in his game. I haven't seen any. I haven't found any. Uh, Toji looks tremendous. Uh, you know, look for England to probably be atop of this Group A with Georgia, Ireland, and Wales. Um, this tournament, in case you didn't know the Autumn Nations, this tournament goes from November 13th. So as of today, my time, final game is going to be held December 6th. England will be hosting whoever matches up in their same spot in Group 
uh, B. So pretty much the first team in Group A plays the first team in Group B. Second team in Group A plays second team in Group B, et cetera, et cetera. England will be playing whoever matches up on their, you know, opposite of them in the opposite group. They'll be playing them Sunday, December 6th in Twickenham. Um, I'll talk about today's game a little bit with Ireland and Wales. You know, Wales has been one of the most disappointing teams in the world. One of the best storylines, though, considering at one point last year, I'm going to say in August 2019, heading into the World Cup, uh, they were ranked the number one team in the world, which was a surprise considering New Zealand had been the number one team for many years before that. And Wales was, you know, looked like on the verge of something. Warren Gatlin, former head coach, he's now gone. He was the coach of the team at the Rugby World Cup where, you know, they had some highs and they had some lows. They had a really nice win against Australia uh, and they lost. I believe it was in the quarterfinals. Uh, let me just check just to make sure. Um, but, yeah, today today's game was not a good one for Wales. Uh, Wales... Yeah, they they lost they lost to South Africa in the semifinal in last year's World Cup. That's correct. Um, Wales did not have a good performance today. Uh, they fired their defensive coach, their defense coach, uh, Bron Hayward, uh, this past week. Uh, you know, one of their star players, George North, he was dropped from their roster last week against Scotland. I don't know that he played uh, today against Ireland. You know, they they started the Six Nations tournament this year really well. They got a win against Italy to kick off the tournament. They were the Six Nations champions last year. I believe they won the Grand Slam. They won all their games. They got the points. They, they were dominant last year. This year, it looked promising. A promising start against Italy. They won 42-0 back on February 1st. And since then, they've struggled under new coach, uh, Wayne Pivak. It, it hasn't worked out. Something's not clicking. They have now lost, I believe, six straight games, um, including today. Uh, they, they've lost to... France twice, including a friendly that they had a friendly test match with in Paris, um, I believe two three weeks ago, uh, before the Super Saturday of Six Nation games. They lost to France in Paris, uh, October twenty fourth, I believe it was. They they've lost twice now to Ireland in Dublin. Uh, they've lost to France twice now i believe both games were in france you know i don't know what to make of wales i don't know if you, you get rid of p-back early the, the the thing with these rugby nations is that it all comes back around to the world cup like obviously if you're one of the six nations teams you want to be doing well in that tournament and they did not do well at all outside of the Italy game they struggled they they did not look good at all against scotland two weeks ago and it was more the same today against Ireland. Um, shout out to Alan Wynn Jones. He had his 150th uh, career cap. That's the most all time in international rugby. So, congrats to Alan Wynn Jones. Um, you know, they should, this Welsh team should beat Georgia. Um, I, I mentioned in my notes here a win over England and Ireland would give me more confidence. They got blown out by Ireland today. I don't see them 
beating England. They still should beat Georgia. Georgia might actually be a bit tougher of a matchup than one might think. So this Wales team does concern me. Uh, their opponent today, Ireland. Ireland finished third in Six Nations. You know, their last match before today, uh, they lost in France by seven points, 34-27. And, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think they were expecting to win the Six Nations this year. I think Ireland kind of thought they were going through a little bit of a rebuild uh, with new coach Andy Farrell uh, because their coach, Joe Smith, Schmidt retired after the Rugby World Cup, kind of like uh, Warren Gatlin. Um, Farrell was the D coach for Ireland for from 2016 to 2019. Uh, he was also with England from 2012 to 2015. You know, Ireland's got some really good pieces here. Uh, Johnny Sexton, Connor Murray, Jacob Stockdale didn't play today, but it's Sexton and Murray. Those are the two guys to really watch. You got Sexton, who's the fly half, 35 years old. He's the captain. And then you got, you know, Connor Murray, a little bit younger at 31. He's a scrum half. Ireland, they are still working out kinks, but they have uh, a, 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 a good team ahead of them. I don't know how many of these guys are going to be around. I would think Murray's still going to be around for the next time to go to the World Cup three years from now. Sexton probably will be. He'll be 38, but he can kind of get away with it a little bit at fly half. Um, you know, Stockdale is the young 24-year-old. He, he could play center. He could play wing. He could play fullback. Um you know, he, he he's going to be one of the bright up-and-comers that we see with Ireland here in the next few years. Don't be surprised if he becomes a star at the next World Cup in, in 2023 in France. So Ireland looked much better than Wales today. I, I, Ireland showed a lot more energy. That, and I don't know if it was because they were at home. I don't know if it was because, you know, they had a, a good showing in France. They had a really good showing uh, two weeks, well, a week before the France game, so October 24th, they hosted Italy in that Six Nations match, and he looked really good there. Um, I'm I'm much more confident in the direction Ireland's going than Wales. Wales is kind of tumbling. There doesn't really seem to be any sort of, you know, uh, drive. Uh, I, I don't know if Peebac is really motivating his guys to perform well. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, you know, Wales, if you look at how their schedule has gone, they have only one win since October 20th of last year. They have one win, I believe, against um, Italy. In, in the opening Six Nations game. That's it. Like, there, there's been a, a bit of a downturn for Wales. So, watch out for that. When in the, the Georgia game is definitely a game, Wales versus Georgia, I would definitely want to keep my eyes on. Uh, speaking of Georgia, they're rounding out the gr- Group A here. Uh, they lost on October 23rd to Scotland in a friendly in Murrayfield, the, the home field for Scotland. Their last win was March 7th. So right before all of this shut down, that was Georgia's last win against Portugal at Rugby Europe. Um, they won 39-24. In last year's World Cup, uh, Georgia had, f- uh, yeah, four, I'll give them four quality opponents. Uh, they lost 43-14 to Wales. Uh, that, that was different. 
you know, that was a year ago. Things have changed quite a bit since then for Georgia and Wales. Uh, Fiji, they, they lost to 45-10. Georgia had a tough loss there. There's a good chance. I don't know about a good chance, but there's a chance that we see Georgia play Fiji in the final game, in the final round uh, of this uh, tournament. They had a 33-7 to win over Uruguay, to be expected. Uruguay's not quite at the level that Georgia is. Uh, Georgia got a bonus point in that one. And then they had a 27-8 to loss to, uh, to Australia, which they did give them fits. And I was supposed to go to that game, Georgia-Australia, and then uh, the Typhoon Hagibis came. So that was uh, not great. Not great for Georgia and not great for myself. Um, you know, Georgia's one spot behind Fiji in the world rankings. Uh, they're 12th in the world uh, as I record this. Fiji's 11th. They're two spots ahead of Italy. So Italy is 14th in the world. Georgia's 12th. Um, you know, I'm going to try and pronounce these names. Uh Mirab Shirkadzi, I think I said that right, actually, or at least pretty close. He's the center. He's the captain. He's 27 years old. Uh, he's he's a, a really talented player. And then Vashil Lovzanitz, uh, scrum half, he's 24. He's the youngest player to reach 50 caps. Uh, again, he's currently 24. Eddie Jones, English coach, he said they're the strongest people in the world. Uh, and Eddie Jones has been in this business long enough that he knows – what he's getting with with this Georgia team with uh, with the uh, guys in the red and white. Um, let's head over to Group B. Group B, we got Fiji, uh, who have some problems with COVID. Uh, I I'm not sure how many. I want to say maybe seven players. Possibly, I'm just pulling it up now. Uh, they had, I believe, it was seven players, which forced them to cancel their game against France on Sunday, uh, which was going to take place in France. Um, yeah, the yeah. So uh, France and Fiji were going to play four positive cases. Excuse me. Uh, there were four positive cases within the Fijian squad. Um, you know, their last match was a 33-31 win over the Barbarians in Twickenham on, I believe it was October 20, or October 16th, not November 16th. I have October 16th, or I have November 16th, and I think it was October 16th. Uh, their last loss, they lost to Wales 29-17 at last year's World Cup. And the tale with Fiji last year is that they had kind of kind of a, a disappointing world cup where you know their first game they lost 39 21 to australia they were leading by two at halftime in sapporo they they looked really good at the beginning of that game they were giving australia trouble you know they didn't australia didn't look that good against fiji and fiji was looking really good and then australia came alive in the second half and they won that one against uruguay fiji lost 30 to 27 one of the biggest upsets in recent memory in Rugby World Cup history. That was Uruguay's first Rugby World Cup win since 2003. Uh, and then they beat Georgia. The Fijians beat Georgia 45 to 10. That was the biggest margin versus Georgia. And then less than a week after that, they lost 29-17 to Wales. Um, they 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 lost, they left their former coach John McKee go in favor of former Scotland coach of. Uh, Ben Cotter, I believe it's Ben Cotter, 
Um, you know, he, he the Fijian team is it's a bit Vern Carter, excuse me, Vern Carter. I don't know why it says Ben Vern Carter. Vern Cotter, Cotter. The Vern Cotter. Um and, and and I think Cotter is is a you know a solid coach. I think he can be someone who can help Fiji, but Fiji their sevens team is much better than their 15th team. I think quite a few of them play on the same same team. Um, it's just not easy for the Fijians, especially right now, just in terms of financing and having the you know right economy. It, it's just you know not the great time, not the greatest time in the world for Fiji. Uh, hopefully, they can make it up sort of by performing well in this tournament. Um, Ben Volavola, fly half. He got the fourth most points in Fijian history. Um, he's someone that I'm really looking forward to watching. And then Leon Nakarawa, he's the lock on the team. He's got the third most caps in Fijian history. He's 32. Those two guys should be doing well. And then I guess the third guy I want to mention here is Imani Nadola. He's, he's the wing. He didn't partake in last year's World Cup. He, if he gets the opportunity to go in, to get going here, people are going to take notice. He, he's a, a, a solid winger. Uh, his speed, I think, has declined a little bit, you know, at 32. But, you know, he, he's, by all accounts, uh, still a, a more than quality winger. Uh, let's talk about who Fiji's first opponent was going to be, and that's France. France looked like they were on the verge of getting a Six Nations championship. Uh, their last match coming into the day, they beat Ireland 35-27, an eight-point margin in Paris on a Halloween. Their last loss, believe it or not, was against Scotland at Murrayfield. It was a 28-17 battle on March 8th. Um, which was interesting because France had been playing pretty well up to that point. And then they had this weird loss to Scotland who had been playing that great up to that point. I'll go over it a little later when I talk about Scotland. Um, you know, my probably my favorite duo in the world is Roman Nidamak and Antoine Dupont. Uh, absolutely incredible players. They, they, you know, they play the nine and the 10 tremendously. They feed off each other really well. It, it's great to watch. If you haven't, watched it yet go watch those two play together those guys are incredible uh fabian gatje he he's the new head coach uh replacing jack brunel uh charles charles olivion olivion uh he's 27 he's the captain flanker he's another player to watch another incredible player uh he probably doesn't get enough attention i would think because people are focused like i like people like myself are focused on nidamak and dupont but olivion is still a tremendous player plays the flanker position incredibly well uh they're currently ranked fourth in the world that's the highest rating for france since 2013 so something to watch out for uh, you know with france and you know keep in mind heading into this tournament you know they lost their last match to fiji in 2018 they've lost their last two meetings against scotland and Italy can give France some fits. Uh, we didn't really see that a whole lot this time around in the Six Nations, but there is a world in which Italy, I'll, I'll talk about Italy a bit more too, but if Italy could play a bit better, they might give the French side a few fits. Um, 
Yeah, let's talk about Italy then. Let's talk about the Italians. Uh, their last match, they lost to England 34-6. to six, uh, 34-5, excuse me, uh, in Rome on Halloween. Uh, their last win came at last year's World Cup. It was a 48-7 victory over Canada on September 26th in Fukuoka. Uh, their last win against a Tier 1 team came in November 19th. And on November 19th, 2016, when they beat South Africa 20 to 18, you know, one of the guys that I follow, uh, his name is Gwich Rugby. If you don't follow him, uh, you really should. He's a tremendous uh, voice in rugby. I'm going to call him a voice in rugby because he is a, a, an important voice in rugby and he doesn't get enough attention. Um, when he talks about Italy, when he, you know, recaps Italian games he says they're about five to ten percent off from being a good tier one team and I think it's more like 10 to 15 percent they you know they just have to be crisper with passes not take penalty tackle a bit better I think they're 10 to 15 percent away from actually being a really good team like this team is not far off from being a a, a, a high caliber uh team that people are going to focus on they, they just aren't there yet and i have a bit of a soft spot because i i love the story of italy uh i love that they're still trying to grow and be better and get better and who knows maybe they aren't maybe they won't but there's something there with italy there, there's something there um you know franco smith he replaced connor o'shea uh connor o'shea re- resigned six months before the end of his contract uh to work for the rugby football union in england and I, I, I think Franco Smith can do it. I think if you just give them the, give them the time, just don't pressure them too much, you know, let the results come at the rugby world cup. And I think you'll see Franco Smith in Italy do a really good job. My favorite player on Italy has to be Jake Pelletri. He's a flanker. He's 24. Uh, if he was, any but on any other team, he'd probably get more credit and more respect. But because he's playing on Italy, he doesn't get the same exposure as the other guys do. Uh, Luca Biga is the new captain as he's replaying Sergio Parise, uh, who kind of is in this weird retirement thing. It's a bit tough to explain. Uh, Biga's, you know, the captain, and he's been a regular since I believe about 2010. Uh, 20, yeah, 29. So he's someone to look out for. And Matteo Minozzi, he's a fullback wing type player. He's 24. Uh, you know, he's the most capped Italian player who's played in England. So he plays in England. He's on an England club. He's the most capped Italian who plays in England. So something, you know, keep in mind there. It's a little bit different than playing rugby in Italy, but it just goes to show you that this guy is, clearly talented if he's getting paid to go play in England um like I mentioned Sergio Parise is not playing in this game or the tournament excuse me uh he's gonna wait I think until next six nations he wants to retire uh play his final match at least with fans in the stands and with people in attendance and I don't know that that's happening anytime soon I don't know what the COVID situation is like in Italy but it, it's not going to be happening anytime soon if you're Parisa. He, he doesn't really have anything to gain. I think he's in his late 30s, if not 40s. Like he's are probably the best rugby player Italy's ever had. 
and he, he doesn't really gain much, if anything, from playing in this tournament, especially because his team are probably going to lose some games and maybe badly. Who knows? Um, but I do have a soft spot for Italy. I do have a soft spot for the story, uh, for the players who are on there, for the coach who's taken over. Um, Italy is, is someone that fascinates me, but not as much as Scotland. Scotland is my most captivating team coming into the Autumn Nations. Uh, their last match was a 14 to 10 victory against Wales and Lionelli on Halloween, 14 to 10. They don't score a whole lot of points. If you, if you look at Scotland, in fact, here are their previous seven matchups. Um, you know, they, they played Georgia. So, so basically they played Wales. And then they played Georgia. They won 48 to seven versus Georgia. That's not really surprising. Georgia and Scotland are not really on the same level. Uh, you know, then they lose to, or they beat France, excuse me. They beat France at home 20 to seven. That's on March 8th, February 22nd. They beat Italy in Rome, 17, nothing. That's not a great score line. If you're Scotland or Italy, but they won 17 nothing. Uh, February 8th, they lose to England at home by seven points, 13 to six, on a, in a wet, ugly looking game. They lost that. And then they lost to Ireland by seven points, 19 to 12 in Dublin. Not, not a great performance there either. That was really underwhelming. And then you have to go all the way back to the Rugby World Cup, where their final game of the Rugby World Cup was a 28 to 21 loss to Japan in Yokohama in the final game that clinched Japan a spot, not only in the corners quarterfinals, but as the number one team in their group, it was humiliating for Scotland to a certain extent because they thought they could beat Japan. They thought they were better than Japan. And that was because earlier that week, that game against Japan was on a Sunday that Wednesday, I saw them beat Russia 61 to nothing midweek. They had a short turnaround for that game against Japan. Japan had the full week. Scotland had a quick turnaround. And, you know, I thought Gregor Townsend, who's the head coach of Scotland, I was worried about his job security. I thought, because I was talking with Scotland fans when I was in Japan, and, you know, they lost to Ireland earlier in that tournament. You know, they knew what the circumstances were for them to get to the quarterfinals and they you know a couple of them were questioning Gregor if he could get the job done uh if he could figure it out and put this team where it needed to go well it didn't happen they lost to Japan um and I I get the circumstances where it was kind of Japan's game to lose uh, they were coming off the typhoon. They had the whole country with them. This was a, 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 a pretty much a must-win game for them, and Japan did that. And Scotland, you know, fell through the cracks. But then you you lose to Ireland by seven points, essentially a try. You lose to England by a try. Um, you should have beat Italy by more because everyone else was beating Italy by more. It's kind of left you with this. All right, well. <sighs> It's not great, but it could be a lot worse, right? And then they pull off the upset against France. And that's where you see Scotland 
at their highest because this is how Scotland that, that game was a representation of how Scotland should play rugby. They were physical. They were making great plays. Adam Hastings in that game was ter- terrific. He wonderful. He's not playing in this tournament unfortunately. Be- but yeah. But they had a really good showing against France and it gave people confidence and then that was it. The COVID happened. The pandemic happened. We weren't traveling. We didn't have rugby. There was nothing going on. So we were left on this kind of cliff with Scotland that we didn't really, it was foggy. We didn't really know what was ahead. We didn't really know what was next. And all of a sudden they announced, you know, we're going to be playing, you know, the six nation finals and we're going to, you know, have this autumn nations cup. It's like, okay, cool. And guess who comes back? Ben Russell, Ben Russell. If you didn't know, he stayed out too late in Dublin when they were playing Ireland earlier this year, didn't play any game, any games this year. Didn't play against Ireland. He didn't play against Italy. He didn't play in any games because he was feuding with Gregor Townsend. That was part of the reason why I was scared about Townsend, maybe not keeping his job. But Finn Russell came back, and Finn Russell looked really good in the, the Georgia Test match and the Wales game. But he's not going to be playing either in this tournament. So Finn Russell is back. Yeah, not really. He's not playing in this tournament. Adam Hastings is not playing in this tournament either. Adam Hastings, by the way, had the highest percentage of points for one team at the Six Nations. He had 53% of Scotland's points in the Six Nations. So that's going to be a huge loss for Scotland. Um, you know, their offense appears to be a bit off. They've only scored 20 points twice. I, I, am worried about Scotland a little bit. I, I like to see Gregor Townsend keep his job. I think he's a really fine coach. I think he deserves the job. Um, you know, I don't know what, what this, where the Scotland team goes. The guy to watch on this team is J- Duncan Weir, uh, who again, squidge rugby, Basically, whenever he mentions him in his recaps, he starts playing the Shane McMahon, like, here comes the money theme song. I don't know why. I'm not totally sure on the reference, but I think it's funny and I laugh. So Duncan Weir, that's going to be the guy to watch out for for Scotland because you don't have Russell. You don't have Hastings. Those are some – that's like LeBron and AD almost type of loss for Scotland. Um, You know, they should beat Italy. Uh, they play them for the second time in Italy this year. Uh, the first match was not in Florence, uh, like it is tomorrow or Saturday. I believe the first, I believe the first match was in Rome at the uh, Olympic Stadium. But I mean, Scotland, I would think, should beat Fiji as well. They should get two wins. I think Scotland should beat Fiji. Scotland should beat Italy. That France game is going to be really tough to decide where that goes. But, you know, this is a this is a make-or-break tournament for Scotland. It might even be a make-or-break tournament for Gregor Townsend because if he loses one of those games, especially in Europe where the conditions are, all, are, are in your favor, if you lose one of those games to Italy or Fiji – there's going to be a lot of people coming for Gregor Townsend's set. So we'll see how that goes for Scotland. Uh, for my picks, uh, I'm going to go with Group A. The standings are going to look like this. England will be on top of Group A, followed by Ireland, Wales, and Georgia. That's what the Group A standings will look like. And then in Group B, I think we'll see... 
France, Scotland, Italy, and Fiji. I I I don't I don't know how they're gonna do, uh, like making up of games and such with COVID and like the cancellation. I'm assuming Fiji and France are gonna play at some point. I don't know when. I don't know where. So we'll see how that goes. So, but that means that means that we are left with these upcoming matches for the final week. And if my predictions come true, we'll see France play England at Twickenham. We'll see Scotland play Ireland. That game would take place in Dublin. So that means that Scotland has to go to Ireland for the second time this year. Wales would host Italy for the second time this year. Wales is not playing at their usual stadium in Cardiff, Millennium Stadium, because it's housing, uh, I believe, people who are either displaced or sick people because of the pandemic. So Millennium Stadium is currently a no-go. That's why they're playing at Park Scar- Scarlet's Park. Scarlet is a club team in Lionelli in, in Wales. And then we'll see Georgia play I, I think in the final round, which would take place in Edinburgh, at Murrayfield Stadium on December 5th. Uh, so just to repeat, in Group A, England would, would top Ireland and then Wales and then Georgia. And in Group B, France would beat Scotland, I, Italy, and Fiji. That would be my list of teams in the in their order, how I project them to go in the Autumn Nations Cup. Uh, coming up here in a few hours, the Tri-Nations will get their third round going between Argentina and New Zealand. Uh, stick around. We're going to be right back with that preview. Coming your way on Ian McNaughton's show. We're back. Uh, so let's talk about the Tri-Nations coming up here in a little bit. Actually, about, uh, I'd say about an hour, two hours from now, my time. Uh, New Zealand will be playing Argentina in Sydney. I believe at Bank West Stadium, which is in West Sydney. I believe they're doing the HSBC Rugby Sevens at that stadium. I could be completely wrong. Um, this will be New Zealand's fifth game since October 11th. Uh, they had two games against Australia in the Bledisloe Cup. Uh, they tied Australia 16-16 in Wellington on October 11th. On October 18th, they defeated Australia 27-7 at Eden Park in Auckland. Uh, now getting into the Tri-Nations, the New Zealanders overtook, excuse me, Australia 43-5. Uh, but then they lost last week. The All Blacks lost last week uh, to Australia 24-22. So, yeah, New Zealand and Australia have played four times since October 11th. Uh, Australia won in Brisbane 24-22 last week. Uh, tonight, we have New Zealand and Argentina. This is going to be Argentina's first match since October 9th of 2019 when they defeated the U.S. 47-17. to uh, this is going to be a big step for Argentina, who look to 
kind of regain a bit of confidence and um, respect among the international rugby community. They missed out on the quarterfinals uh, last year uh, due to some tough losses to England and France. Now, the Tri-Nations will be having games every Saturday from now until December 5th. Uh, this week, it's New Zealand, Argentina, in Sydney. Next week, it's Australia, Argentina, in Newcastle. And then on the 28th, New Zealand plays Argentina again on, in Newcastle. And then on December 5th, Australia plays Argentina for the final time uh, in Sydney. In case you're wondering, there is no South Africa. Usually, these four teams meet up to play in either Sanzar or I think now it's called the Rugby Championship, which is competed between New Zealand, Australia, Argentina, and South Africa. Uh, South Africa has pulled out of the competition this year. They did sign an agreement uh, partaking in that will allow them to partake in the tournament for the next 10 years. But this year, just because of COVID, they have said no thank you. They are declining any uh, matches against teams this year. So there is no Springbok rugby this year. Um, New Zealand's obviously the best team in the world, even though South Africa won the World Cup. I, I think New Zealand's the best team in the world. Uh, they got the Bowden brothers, or the, the Barrett brothers, excuse me, Bowden and Jordy Barrett. Uh, those are the guys to watch on New Zealand. Those guys are really fun, really exciting to watch. For Argentina, I... I I kind of stuck with Argentina as to who are the players that you should be watching because I I could probably um I, I could probably mention I, I don't know quite a few. Uh probably my favorite from Argentina I would say You know, I, I, I'll I'll go with Juan Pablo Zeiss. I mean, he's a prop. Some of these guys, though, like uh, Fasando Bosch, Hooker, he he's pretty good. Fasando Gigini, uh, he plays for Leicester in the UK. He's maybe somebody that people have heard of. Uh, but Argentina, they look like a team that can compete maybe not with New Zealand and Argentina. I wouldn't be surprised if Argentina maybe takes one game in a shock, uh, but they're just looking to get some more respect in the international community after just the disappointing loss last year. Australia, they're really good as well. Uh, they lost to Wales, I believe it was last year, and that was a, a tough game. Georgia gave them some fits as well. I think Australia is at least a top 10 team in the world, if not a top five team in the world, but we'll see how well they perform in the rest of Like they, they've, you know, they've given New Zealand some fits. They tied one game. They stole another game. They've given New Zealand some fits. So, you know, there's something there with Australia, but we'll see how that goes uh, with the rest of the tri nations. So uh, that's today's uh, preview, more of an auto nations cup preview, as well as some tri nation games. I hope you enjoyed uh, please like and subscribe to this video on YouTube. Uh, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast. And thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Please tell your friends. And I can't wait to get more stuff out there for you. So thank you very much for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Peace out.